Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Vandy Sports Podcast. Here's your host, Chris Lee. Commodore fans, on your feet, it's time to anchor down. Welcome to the Vandy Sports Podcast presented by Dr. Jody Jones, DDS. We are part of the 440 Sports Network. I'm your host, Chris Lee. Our guest today is Vanderbilt's Kevin Ingram. With that, let's get right into our interview with Kevin. Kevin Ingram joins me today. He is part of the broadcast team for Vanderbilt Football. Kevin, welcome to the show. Thanks for joining us today. Oh, anytime, Chris. Always great to be here. What stood out to you in the win over Connecticut? Um, I think more than anything, uh, just this team's ability to, to hang in there. You get down to the end of the game, and UConn you basically have the play down the game down to one play and UConn converts in that fourth and long and a crazy play into double coverage or the guy on the ground. And they go on to score a touchdown and take the lead after Vanderbilt had led by double figures. But the Commodores came right back, got some great field position, thanks in part to a penalty. And Ken Seals marched him right down, got into field goal range. I think the ability to just, you know, not shut it down and fold up when things don't go your way. They kept playing and gave themselves a chance to win, and Bull just got up there and uh, knocked out another game winner. So uh, yeah, it was fun. It was one of those games where it felt like they had it won, and then they didn't have it won, and then uh, they ended up uh, kicking the field goal, and it was a happy ending for everybody, and, and finally got to see all the fireworks that were saved up, I guess, for a few weeks over here. Yeah, yes, we did. It got a little smoky in that stadium. That was a that was a bad time to have the windows open in the press box. This went down <laughs> you know, quickly. It, yeah, the uh, the smoke even got into the McGugan Center a little bit. I went across the street to do some of the uh, post game stuff. I usually do the post game from over in the McGugan Center, and and when I walked in, man, we had rain, we had smoke. It, it was a little bit of everything going on over there. But uh, I think everybody will take it if uh, if, if it's the result of a win. So uh, yeah, everybody was. Uh, happy with the, the way things turned out in the end on Saturday night. Well, you mentioned the swing of events and things. And look, this is a team that, that's had a, a tough run of a few years now, and we can go through that, but there's no sense in doing it. But here's the point I'm getting at, Kevin. Um, this is two times they had a chance to win the game at the end, and both times they took care of business and, and did it. And I think that does say something. It does. The other three games have slipped away and really have not been close at the end. But the two games where they've had chances to win, Colorado State first, and it was a little bit different game. Vanderbilt fell behind early and came back and got it even and then took advantage of a turnover in the second half. And again, both of us delivered there down the stretch inside the final minute to give Vanderbilt the win. But yeah, when they've had opportunities in close games, they've been able to close the deal and uh, you know, it, it, to me, it only gives you confidence that you can deliver in those moments when you have close games. If you can show you can do it a couple of times, you know, those games go the other way. And then you start thinking, oh, boy, what's going to go wrong or we're going to lose this time uh, as opposed to, OK, what, what kind of plays are we going to make to win this thing? And, you know, having a kicker who's been there and done that and, and you feel like with what we've seen so far is, is reliable in both of us. Uh, he's won SEC special teams player of the week twice already. So uh, I, I think those things just give you confidence. Big Leg Joe sounds like an 80s cover band, doesn't it? 
It does. Yeah, I think I saw them uh, one time at Bowling Green, maybe. It does sound like an 80s cover band. Kevin Ingram opening for Big Leg Joe. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> in all seriousness, I mean, he really I – mean, those, those were two huge kicks. And I know he made big kicks <clears throat> at Alabama, which probably d- didn't hurt him coming into this season. But he's he's really – and he's been good on other stuff. He hasn't missed an extra point. He's hit some long field goals. He's really been a very good find for them. And I, I didn't – honestly, I think you probably would say the same thing. I wasn't sure what they were getting in him um, coming into this season. Yeah, you, you never really know. And you kind of wonder, okay, why does a guy dra- – you know, grad transfer from Alabama when you could stay there and play for another national championship potentially. But he's been as solid as it gets. I believe he is uh, six out of eight now in field goals on the uh, season with the three he made on Saturday. And, you know, it's fun to talk to him. You know, a guy who's a little bit older and kind of has a little different perspective uh, on maybe playing college football and what it takes to be successful. So, yeah, he's been a really nice find for this program. And, you talk about special teams. That's one area to me for Vanderbilt that just has to be rock solid every week for this team to to have an opportunity to win. You you can't make mistakes, not, not just talking about kicking game or punting game, which Harrison Smith's been really good too, but as far as covering kicks and making decisions on kick returns, I mean, those, those things, you really have to have those squared away and, and be good there and, and not have mistakes and not not give up field position or, or lose the ball on a, on a kick return when you can just basically throw up a hand and say, hey, we're going to fair catch it and take it at the 25. Well, they're getting to that point of the season where things change, right? You see freshmen starting to be a bigger part of things at times. I mean, this isn't the first time we've seen this script at Vanderbilt. Um, you see teams start to get better. I know the slate's going to be tougher. There's not any layup games. Not that they've really had any so far, but uh, – it's going to be interesting to see what adjustments they make and everything down the stretch because that's really the goal now. Let's let's make this interesting so that people have something to look forward going into next year and, and, and try to pick off a game or two here or there. This season of the Vandy Sports Podcast is made possible by my friend Dr. Jody Jones, DDS. When it comes to general or cosmetic dentistry services, Jody is the best in Nashville. And just check out his client list. It testifies to that. He sees movie stars, music stars, athletes, coaches, you name it. Jody is the dentist of choice for stars in Nashville. But he sees regular folks like you and I as well. And what people like about the experience is the ambiance. Someone described it to me as a tooth spa. I went in and looked at it myself. That's exactly what it is. It is a relaxing, friendly environment. So whether your dental needs are general or cosmetic, go see Jody. Call him at 615-270-2322. His office is located at 55 Music Square East, not far from downtown Nashville, not far from the Vanderbilt campus. Jody is a former Vanderbilt football player, a huge booster of Commodore Athletics. His support as the title sponsor for Season 7 is the reason we are able to do this podcast. Go see Dr. Jody Jones today. Thank him for his support of the Vandy Sports Podcast and tell him you heard about it here. Yeah, and I think that's probably a pretty good assessment. I mean, you're, you know, you, you want to win football games. You want to develop players. There, there are a lot of things you're trying to accomplish in this final seven games of the season. But I, I don't care who you step out there against in the SEC. You know it's going to be a tough game every single week starting this week with Florida. But, yeah, we, you know, we, we see some younger players mix in and, and get a few more reps. We see some some veteran guys out there making some plays. And uh, I, I'm, I'm sure defensively th- there are a few things uh, coming out of Saturday that they'd want 
to go better, especially, you know, giving up some big plays when you have teams that bad down in distance, you know, you want to be able to, to finish the job right there, especially in having them in a fourth and long toward the end of the game. But yeah, there, there are a lot of things that can still be accomplished and, you know, who knows, maybe you hang around and, and pick off a couple SEC games here down the stretch and you, know, you, you got to approach every game like you're going to have a chance to win. And, and we all know what this league is like and what the competition is like. But uh, yeah, I think there I think this coaching staff feels like there's a lot that can be accomplished uh, throughout the rest of the season as you move into these uh, seven games over eight weeks. Well, and look, I don't like the way they played a lot of times, but it is interesting to kind of take a reset after a few games. I'm looking at Colorado State. Uh, that's maybe a little bit better win by some of the computers than, than maybe I thought it was at the time. Georgia is just smashing everything in its path. And so, um, you know, I, I have a feeling that if the team's looking at that game going, well, you know, we, we did get beat down pretty good that day, but they're doing that to everybody. Um, and, and then on top of that, you know, Stanford beats Oregon. So maybe you can look back if you're a player on that team and go, hey, some of the teams we played are, are going to end up being pretty decent. And and when you look at it that way, uh, combined with a couple of wins, maybe that helps the confidence some. Yeah, and maybe it does. Uh, Stanford's win over Oregon, well, I mean, that was a big upset. Stanford, we saw they were a good team in here. Georgia, is, they're an elite team in college football this year. If they're not in the playoff, I'll be shocked. Um, I'll be interested to see what Florida is like this week because you, you think about what they've gone through in, say, the last three weeks or so. They played Alabama really close after it looked like the Crimson Tide was going to blow their doors off on their home field. Georgia, or, uh, the Gators, I should say, uh, rallied and made that thing really interesting all the way to the very end against the top-ranked team in the country. Uh, they beat Tennessee, and then they come back and uh, lose at Kentucky on the road. And for Florida, that basically ends whatever thoughts they probably had of winning the SEC East. I mean, you're talking about having to beat Georgia and hoping that Georgia loses one more, which doesn't seem very likely. So, you know, a lot of their goals in terms of winning the SEC and maybe playing in the playoff, you got to figure some of that stuff is more than likely out of the pictures for Florida. So what is it going to be like this week for, for that team uh, coming off you know, the game in Lexington last week where, you know, they still had a chance to win at the end and they come up short and you're also playing an early game. So, you know, what does how does that come into play? I always think an early kickoff time favors a road underdog. So I don't know if my theory on that will, will come true or not, but it'll be interesting to kind of see Florida's mental state when they step out there on Saturday in Gainesville. Yeah, I agree. I think that's a top 10 team. They may not be ranked there, but I look at what the computers think about them, and, and that's where a lot of computers have them right now. I tend to agree. I think that the game against Alabama uh, is kind of what they are. I think the Kentucky game, I'm not going to say Kentucky won on a fluke, but when you get out gain, what, 380 to 210, you generally lose that game. I think that's a really good team, but you mentioned something interesting. That fan base is down on them right now. They didn't like the way that game at Kentucky went, and like you said, coupled with the early kickoff, I think that does uh, that does present some factors that, that can make it a little more interesting. Yeah, I mean, we've seen it before. I can think of games in the past where Vanderbilt went on the road, and and I know there was one year at South Carolina back in about 07 or so, or and Georgia the same way, where those teams are big underdogs. And it was an early, it was like an 11 or 11.30 kickoff, and you, know, you, you don't have the crowd quite as stoked up as they might be, or they, you know, they've 
know, for a night game, they've had all day to go out and tailgate and, and get ready for the game. Whereas a, an, an earlier start, maybe they're late arriving and just not quite as into it. And maybe the home team kind of sleepwalks through the first half a little bit and you hang in there and all of a sudden, you know, you, you're in the third quarter and it's a football game. So, uh, yeah, may, maybe the, I, I don't know. That's, that's sort of my theory, having been through some of this stuff before and seen some of it firsthand. But I, th- I think Florida's a really, really good team, to your point. Uh, they're probably better than their record is. But again, it's a tough league. Kentucky's a lot better than they used to be. And uh, Alabama is Alabama. And I think that that game gave you an indication of how good of a team Florida has. And I thought they looked good against Tennessee in that game a couple weeks ago. So, you know, I, I don't really know what exactly to expect, but I can tell you that Dan Mullen's team is a good team, whether their fan base uh, is down on them or not. Uh, it's still a, a good team and a really good program. Yeah, I, I agree. I think I'm, I'm worried Florida's just got so much speed. They're going to be hard to keep up with, but we'll, we'll see how it plays out. Um, Kevin, I got a couple questions in the mailbag before you, so before I let you go. So let me go okay. ahead and dive into that. Uh, the mailbag is sponsored by Sutherland and Belk, a family owned injury law firm. If you or a loved one has been hurt in an accident, give Taylor or Russell a call at number 615 846 6200. See what your rights are and if they can help. Door King says, I noticed that the Maui Invitational over Thanksgiving has been moved to Vegas. Uh, is that the Christmas tournament? Veg- excuse me, is the Christmas tournament available to schedule to play likely to move as well? That's a good question. It's funny. I've had a conversation or two about that very topic just in the last day or so. Uh, I saw the same thing about the Maui Invitational. Now, one thing to remember is the Maui tournament is a month earlier than the one that Vanderbilt's going to play. That's the Diamond Head, which will be around Christmas time in Honolulu. Uh, the you know Maui Invitational's on a different island. I don't know that that makes any difference as far as their COVID restrictions and things like that. You know Hawaii has had some of the tightest regulations of anywhere uh, in the United States uh, with the, the COVID nineteen over the last year or so. I, I really hope it doesn't. Although I, I won't say that I'm completely optimistic that that tournament happens in Honolulu like we're all hoping to. Uh, it's funny Vanderbilt has like the trifecta of trips to Hawaii coming up. You got basketball schedule for Christmas time this year. You have baseball for next spring and you have football for next uh, next season at the uh, the start of the year at the end of August. Um, I, I'm really keeping my fingers crossed that the tournament will happen in Honolulu, but I wouldn't be totally shocked if that one ends up somewhere else like the, the Maui Invitational is going to be played now in Las Vegas. Yeah, what are the odds that you get three trips to, to Hawaii in, in, in what a year? I mean, under normal circumstances, that's just crazy. <laughs> right. That, that is crazy, although uh, the baseball one I, I won't be able to make because I'll still be doing basketball at that point. Um, Andrew will get to go on that one, I, I'm sure, I, but I will still be doing basketball there, so I, I probably won't get to, to make the trip for that one. But you know, for, for the basketball trip and, and hopefully for football next year, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to those. I'm, it's one of the states I haven't been to. It's one of the five I have remaining, so i uh, love to go out there and check it out. Last one from Ann Arbor door. Have you seen any men's basketball practices? And if so, have you noticed any specific areas of improvement? Um, I have. I went yesterday. I, it's funny. Our offices are now down in the, uh, the, the bottom part of Memorial gym. So all I have to do is walk down the hall and around the corner and I, I'm at basketball practice, which is great. Um, I sat out there and watched probably a half hour's worth yesterday and they, they were going through some scrimmage work. To be honest, I don't know that I really watched long enough to have too much of an opinion on things. Um, I just kind of looking forward to seeing how these, these new players fit in with some core guys. Uh, one of the things that stands out to me is, is how Jordan Wright 
looks in terms of, of his body and his fitness level, man, that dude's put in some work. He looks great. Uh, Jordan Wright and Scotty Pippen Jr., obviously the uh, the veterans on this team, but they've had added, added some nice uh, pieces uh, through the transfer portal. So I, I get the feeling those guys, at least a couple of them, are, are going to be significant factors for this team. But um, yeah, like I say, I just don't know that I watched long enough because they, they did some scrimmage work and then there was some, you know, free throw shooting and conditioning and running and all those things toward the end of practice. But uh, yeah, I'm kind of looking forward to watching a little bit more and see what they have in store. Yeah, where I think it gets interesting, I, I think we have a pretty good idea of the top four who are going to get minutes. I think that's right, Pippen, Robbins, and Chapman, presuming everybody's healthy. But five through 12 or 13 or whatever, I really don't have a clue how that's going to shake out. Do you? I mean, you get the feeling that, that Tyron Lawrence is, is going to be a factor. We only saw him for a little bit last year, and he hurt his knee and was out for the rest of the season. Trey Thomas really showed the, that his shooting ability, I mean, he's not the biggest guy in the whole world, but, man, he can knock down some three-pointers. Um, you know, Peyton Daniels, the freshman, I, I, I think they have big hopes for him. But, yeah, to me, Liam Robbins is going to be a big factor if, if he's healthy and good to go and able to to do some things inside. That's something they really need. They, they have to have an inside presence, you know, you I mean, teams have shown you you can win playing with kind of guards and medium-sized guys, but, boy, you, you, to me, you almost have to have some sort of inside presence, and uh, ho- hopefully Liam can help him there. Well, Kevin, appreciate you joining us today. Tell folks uh, about whatever you guys want to promote at the school, whether that's uh, broadcast info, game day stuff, whatever. Uh, of course, give out your Twitter handles and all those things. The floor is yours before we end the show today. <laughs> Yeah, K Ingram Sports is where you can uh, find me on Twitter. Uh, I will say pregame 9.30 on Saturday morning Central Time on the Vanderbilt Sports Network from Learfield. Also, our podcast, The Anchor, will be out uh, with a new edition tomorrow morning. You can always hear the uh, coaches show for Monday night, the Commodore Hour. We uh, put that in podcast form, and it's on that same page, uh, The Anchor, on Apple and Spotify. And that's usually out on Tuesday morning and then on Thursday with the, uh, the new edition with uh, Andrew and myself. Hey, Kevin, thanks for joining us. We'll catch you again in two weeks. Anytime, Chris. Thanks, man. Thank you for listening to today's episode. We thank our presenting sponsor, Jody Jones DDS. We thank our other sponsors, Sutherland and Belk and MyPerfectFranchise.net. If you're interested in sponsoring this podcast, and that's how we make this work, please email me at chrislee70 at gmail.com. We also ask that you subscribe to our website, vandysports.com. That is $99 a year. You get things there that you don't get here. And, of course, please rate, review, and subscribe where you see our podcast. That helps us get noticed. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at vandysports.com. Follow me at chrislee70. And finally, subscribe to our Vandy Sports YouTube channel as well. Thank you for listening to the Vandy Sports Podcast, which is part of the 440 Network. I'm your host, Chris Lee. We'll catch you with another episode coming very soon.